Welcome to the Wellness and Wanderlust podcast. We're here to demystify wellness and help you add a little adventure to your life. Tune in for a new episode every week where we'll hear from incredible guests and talk about ways to be happier and healthier in our new normal. I'm your host, Valerie Moses. Let's get started. Hello, my friends. Welcome to Wellness and Wanderlust, a show that is all about creating our best lives through small shifts in our habits. I'm so excited to have you joining me here today as we chat with another really amazing guest on the show. My work life has been a little hectic, so you may have noticed that episodes are not coming out on as regular basis as usual. Things have come out on strange days of the week at times, and I am hoping to get back on track with episode 102 this week. So stay tuned on Thursdays. We should be getting back into a normal schedule. I also wanted to share that I was recently on the Well Done Life podcast for episode four of the Fall Into Self series, where we talked talked about generational trauma with an amazing group of women. I always love chatting with Pamela Davis. Her show is amazing. And I've really enjoyed listening to her fall into self series. So make sure that you check it out. I was also on episode two of this series where we talked about finding and living in purpose. And I'll be on another episode that's going to be a part two to our generational trauma episode. So I have linked this episode in the show notes, but you can find The Well Done Life really wherever you get your podcasts. This week's guest was someone I connected with right away, the lovely Amiska Barker. Amiska is an intuitive somatic coach who helps clients who are experiencing chronic and debilitating anxiety. She incorporates dance and movement, inner child work, nervous system regulation, and other practices into her work. In our conversation, we discuss what it means to connect to the wisdom of your body and how we can become more tuned into ourselves. We also discuss self-care practices for highly sensitive people, how to create a sense of safety within ourselves, ways to clear our space energetically, and so much more. Amiska was such a kindred spirit, and I loved chatting with her, so I know you are going to love this one. Our sponsor for today's episode has a product I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because my doctor recommended I start incorporating greens into my morning routine, and I wanted to cut back on some of the many vitamins I take with breakfast. I work in community engagement and PR, so I'm on the go quite a bit, and time is a luxury. With one scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. I take AG1 every morning before breakfast, and it's great for digestion and gut health, energy, and immune health. AG1 is lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, and contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, and no nasty chemicals. AG1 has high quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb, and it's a great way to take care of yourself with a busy lifestyle. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash wanderlust. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash wanderlust to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, friends, now on to today's show. Hi, Miska. Thank you so much for joining us at Wellness and Wanderlust. Thank you so much, Valerie. It's such a, a pleasure to have this opportunity to chat with you. Well, I am so excited for this conversation. I know that we're going to get into a lot of really great topics today. Before we do that, why don't you tell our listeners just a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I was originally born in New Hampshire in the U.S., um, but I was actually raised in Hawaii on the Big Island. And I moved to California after graduating high school, and that's kind of I would say where my wellness journey sort of began and I had an opportunity to explore the world and travel and I eventually became a yoga teacher there. I also have a background in art and design, in Reiki, Feng Shui and energetic space clearing. And my journey has now led me to Sydney, Australia, where I live with my beautiful husband and my cat, Cleo and continuing on my studies of trauma-informed modalities. That is so cool. And before before we get into that too, what exactly brought you to Australia? Actually, a nannying opportunity. So kind of like an au pair thing. I came and I was a live-in nanny for a while here, and I uh, fell in love with it immediately and wanted to figure out how to stay. So I ended up studying actually interior design at the time. <laughs> Very, very cool. And yeah. there's a whole lot we could go into on that too and how yes. feng shui and interior design play into our wellness as well. But yes. really getting into the somatic work that you do, talk to me about how you got into the type of work that you're doing these days. 
truthfully, my work was born out of my own experience of debilitating anxiety and panic attacks for a number of years in my late 20s. And through that journey into basically finding my own sense of wellness uh, came a very clear purpose for helping others through the same. I love that. I, I see that so often, I think, in this space as well, that so often we, out of necessity, have to learn what's going to work for us. And ultimately, that's going to help others. And being able to provide that service, I think, is so helpful and to kind of pave the way for someone else who might be, you know, a few steps behind where you were at in your own journey. So I think I think that's so beautiful when we're able to do that kind of work. Talk to me about what is it exactly, an intuitive somatic coach? What is that? And talk to me about the type of work that, that goes into that. Yeah, so I suppose my title, Intuitive Somatic Coach, is basically, again, it's kind of born out of my own making and my own experience and basically encompassing, I would say, my intuition and then coaching through a body-based approach. So somatic basically means relating to the body or affecting the body, but also incorporating the body, mind, and spirit all as a whole. So I really utilize my intuition to listen for the messages that are actually within someone's body and being expressed out of them, which is usually just sitting underneath their words. And, you know, there's a, there's a phrase you've used with me before um, about connecting to the wisdom of your body. And I think our bodies often are telling us a lot of things that we might not have the words to define. We may not know that that's what we're feeling. So what exactly does that mean to connect to the wisdom of our body? And what are some of the things, like when you're working with a client, what are some of the things their bodies might be telling them that they need to tap into? Yeah. So first of all, it really takes some practice because a lot of us kind of live lives separate from the body, right? In the Western world, we are just a mind-focused culture and we're constantly operating up in the mind space and just thinking all the time. And there's just, right? It's like, it's it's brilliant. But, but a lot of the times I think we forget that like we do have a whole body attached to our mind. And connecting to the wisdom of our body really means to practice listening to our bodies, right? And actually paying attention to the sensations and the symptoms that it gives us, even the pain that it gives us. You know, I see this all as a form of messaging coming out of our body and speaking. And a lot of the time, you know, our culture as well, we tend to just suppress the pain by taking a pain medication or, you know, there's there's a time and place for everything, but often we don't take the time to really hold the space for ourselves to actually listen and just pay attention. And so I really feel like our body is always speaking to us and sometimes old unresolved traumas may come up or wounds or stories. And I feel like our body and the sensations and the symptoms it gives is often expressing what we may have suppressed emotionally. So connecting is really about connecting to whatever experience someone is currently having with their body, holding the space for it, starting to communicate with your body, letting it know now that you are listening and that you are paying greater attention to its wisdom and really letting it lead the way rather than letting the mind lead the way. And I think that's so important because that's something I noticed growing up and then throughout my life and not something I knew was factually true until I got older that I was feeling sensations in my body and I would feel certain emotions mm. come up in certain places and, yes. you know, in my gut or in my chest. Yes. It's fascinating, right? Like where we hold it and, and you obviously have enough of the awareness to notice where it's going, where it's in your body, where it's being stored. Absolutely. And you know, it's funny because I think so often you're right. We do try to treat the symptom. I was even talking to a gastroenterologist about how oftentimes some of the problems in the gut and what we'll call IBS actually has to do more with the neurotransmitters. And a lot of times you can treat it with medicine and they can treat it with certain you know, you can, you can get some certain over-the-counter medications, but he also said diaphragmatic breathing yes. and taking the time to yes. <laughs> address what's actually going on. And I love that, that he takes that approach because I think so often, so many of us are learning now that the events in our lives were traumatic, mm -hmm. that 
it's it's not just those big T traumas, mm-hmm. but that the little T traumas can affect us just as deeply. Yes. What exactly might our bodies do to express that trauma when you're working with a client like that, where they might be starting to express that? Well, oftentimes, you know, and this brings the nervous system into play here is anxiety is a big one, right? So there's like a fight or flight response going on and there's a lot of worry and there's a lot of kind of obsessive behavior and a lot of, you could even have a rapid heart rate, you know, you could feel kind of shaky. You could, if you are kind of in touch with your body, feel the actually the constriction, you know, in your throat and in your chest and around your rib cage and even having muscle aches and pains and things like that. All of that from, from what I see very much is an expression of unresolved trauma and a dysregulated nervous system as a result of unresolved trauma. And I think, again, that's something that's so important to note. I know for me, I've gotten a little bit obsessive with my Fitbit. I think I spoke about this recently on an episode that I can tell sometimes when I'm having an anxiety response based on the car- some of the cardio minutes that come up and I'm thinking, hey, I didn't work out that long. Yes. Yep. Just that racing heart rate. Mm-hmm. and. It's so important, yeah, to really be tuning into that because there's, you know, there's a lot we can do with our food and nutrition and exercise and all of that, but if we're not addressing. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of people I find, you know, unfortunately, because of that kind of lens of pushing things down or avoiding in our culture, it's like we will just try to avoid and pretend like it's not going on with our body, right? And we keep pushing through and pushing forward when our body is really asking us to slow down and pay attention and that it's really speaking quite loudly, right, with those types of symptoms. Absolutely. So when you're working with someone who is, you know, starting to experience that, but maybe they're not really sure where to begin. Maybe they they know that they're feeling it in their body, but they don't know the extent of it. And again, we're thinking so much that we're not paying attention, I think, to the sensations. What can we start to do? What are some of the practices we can take to just become a little bit more tuned in? Yeah, so what I would say here is actually beginning to develop more of a sense of safety for ourselves overall. And my biggest, I mean, I talk about this all the time, but the, the vagus nerve, if if anyone is starting is feeling this way or like sees themselves in the symptoms and sensations I just described, any deep dive into learning and understanding the vagus nerve and what it does and how it helps our nervous system come into a space of regulation, I would go there. So things like cold exposure regularly. So like splashing the face with cold water every day, um, jumping into a cold ocean, river, or lake, cold showers. I'm highly sensitive, so I don't do the ice bath thing, but some people (laughs) can handle an ice bath. Deep breathing, right? Like into the belly as as deep down as as feels comfortable without kind of forcing it or pushing it because sometimes it doesn't feel so safe to breathe deeply. And also spending time every day, even if it's just five minutes, sitting down wherever, you know, in your sacred space. I normally guide my clients to create kind of a sacred and safe space for themselves to do this work, but just sitting down with your body and just taking a few deep breaths, maybe closing the eyes if that's comfortable, if not leaving them open. Notice kind of where you are in your space and the objects around you. And then just begin to sort of massage your body, like touch your body a bit with your hands and squeeze your legs and your arms and just, you know, let yourself know like, here I am, I'm in my body and I'm here to kind of listen to what's going on. And it's amazing once we begin to kind of open this connection and this relationship, the body really starts to communicate more and louder at times. And you start to get better at understanding what it's saying. That makes a lot of sense. I know for me, I'm someone who has autoimmune issues. I've had health issues since I was very little. And it can be sometimes hard, I think, to trust your body and to know when it's just feeling a little bit crappy because that's how you might feel most of the time or when there's actually something wrong. And so to be starting to trust your body a little bit more and just doing those things. I love the idea of the cold exposure with the splashing your face rather than the ice bath because- I too am highly sensitive. (laughs) Yeah, it's a bit too much. Uh, You know, I think for us too, highly sensitives or anyone, right, with autoimmune issues and things like that or chronic, you know, illness, the easier we can go on ourselves, the better. And like taking baby steps and, and really that's again, that's like really honoring our body 
and what feels okay for us because it's really not a one size fits all. And I'm just right there with you on that. It's like being a highly sensitive person in this world is a totally different experience from someone who's not highly sensitive. Yes, yes. That is something I'm starting to learn more and more. I didn't know that I was highly sensitive exactly when I was growing up. And now, uh, you know, I was the child that had the, if we went to the IMAX movie, I had the earplugs in. And oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, I get sensory overload constantly. Yes. I can't have two different sounds kind of going at once. There's just, yes. you know, very like, and it's something that you find as you get old. And I think, I think taking that time to understand that about yourself and being highly sensitive. And then sometimes it's not always the case, but often the highly sensitive people also happen to be introverted as well. Yes. So you're kind of navigating an extroverted, loud, yep. busy world. Mm-hmm. What are your tips for the uh, highly sensitive people listening to the show? Or if someone is listening and they're thinking, am I highly sensitive? First of all, kind of how do you define that for yourself a little bit? And then what what are some things we can do about it? Yeah. So first off, I just want to kind of validate for all of us that are highly sensitive. Like, it's so nice once we actually can find something, not that I love to attach to labels, but know like, okay, this is actually something that is going on for me and nothing's wrong with me, you know, because oftentimes we will think something's wrong with us because we have a different experience of the world than some other people that aren't highly sensitive. And so it's kind of the same for me. Like as you shared, there's that sense of that sensory overload. It's like having two noises at once is too much, you know, going to a loud crowded party feels very overstimulating and overwhelming. And I often have to take quite a few breaks away, like in the bathroom or in a room somewhere mm-hmm. to like, just gather, yep. gather myself, right. And take a few breaths. Yep. Our, our beautiful <laughs> introverted selves as well um, to be able to handle all of that energy. And I also noticed about myself anxious as well. Like highly sensitives do tend to be more on like the anxious creative spectrum. So we're quite creative, but also tend to be anxious. And with that we are, and for myself, like transitions are really kind of they're big for me. Like they, they're not so easy always. And so I think for those of us who are highly sensitive, we seem to be more attuned, right. To like everything, including all of the people around us, the earth, the collective energy. And I suppose what I find really helps is actually having routines and rituals in place that help us to anchor ourselves and ground ourselves daily So for a highly sensitive, a regular morning and evening practice can be so supportive. Journaling regularly, just allowing our thoughts to flow freely, and honestly spending a lot of time with animals and in nature as much as possible. Like just really sitting and being with nature and just feeling kind of the safety that provides. And with that too, really honoring and holding a lot of space for ourselves when we are going through transitions, like even a change of season or a change of jobs or getting married or having a baby. Those are all big moments in our lives. And and it, it can take us a bit of time to get on board and let that kind of become our new norm and our new experience. So just really acknowledging that we are just so much more attuned to big and small changes happening around us all the time. You're so right. It's so funny. Like, I feel like I'm listening to a kindred spirit right now. No, I Um, feel like I'm talking to one too. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yeah. And it's so funny. My mom had just written me, we we do snail mail like once a week with each other. And she had written something about, I know you're going through some big transitions right now and that it's scary. And I felt so validated because I hadn't really thought about the transition, but just that I was so stressed out and that my heart rate has been high and my anxiety has been a little bit worse mm. and like getting some normalcy in the mornings a little bit more that really has been so helpful for me. Yeah, it can be a bit of a lifeline, you know, to have those things in place. Yeah, absolutely. Now, something else with the highly sensitive people, this is something I, I know you kind of touched on this with the, how we're in tune with with the world and with the people around us. And I hadn't heard this phrase until actually someone on the podcast used it, but emotional contagion, where we're experiencing, you know, you pick up the emotion of everybody else in the room. Yes. You may not immediately feel it, but later on, you're kind of, you've absorbed it. And if I'm dealing with everybody else's stuff, I can really help them in the moment and be empathetic. Yes. 
But yeah, that night, it can be really, really challenging. Absolutely. Do you have advice? I do. Yes. Like, yes, I do. And this yeah. is something I navigate myself and I'm really working on a lot now, you know, in my coaching business, because it's even, it's coming at me more because I'm in this place where I'm working with clients, you know, very intimately. And then the rest of the world around me, right? Friends. And as you're saying, you go, if you go to a party or whatever it is, and a lot of us highly sensitives too, right? We're, we're kind of natural born empaths. And so we do, we can feel, and it's a beautiful thing to be able to sort of feel someone else's emotions and we can hold so much space, but then exactly, as you said, like the emotional contagion, it's like we can really absorb and pick all of it up. So what I practice and what I'm really grounding in to myself, which I've always kind of had a history of, but it's really getting stronger now, is clearing our space. And so energetically, so that also comes into space clearing, right? And certain things like sage and Palo Santo can be really helpful to just have at home and clear yourself after you've been out around actually the end of every day, I would say, for someone who's highly sensitive. And with that, getting into the shower um, and when you're taking a shower or a bath, kind of envisioning like, you know, whatever color feels good to you, but I like to envision sort of a soft golden light kind of washing over me and just flushing anything away that's not mine. And something else new that I'm doing is kind of putting myself in this energetic sphere and checking it and seeing like, okay, who's like in my field right now? And if there are people in there that I've been around during the day and had been talking to or clients or whatever it is, I will actually just gently push them out of the sphere and send them back to themselves just with love and just kind of seal myself energetically. With that as well, there's some beautiful grounding practices, you know, imagining that you're kind of sitting on a, a tree trunk and connected to the earth or tethering a golden cord from your tailbone all the way down to the core of the earth and then bringing it back up. So that kind of grounding and clearing very regularly for those of us who are highly sensitive. I really love that. The visualization there, I, I'm definitely, I, after this, I'm mm. definitely going to be picturing that light and yes. kind of pushing people out of my sphere a little bit. Good. A, I've been extroverting a lot this week. Yes, yes. You need some, you need some introverted, some, some real cozy time with yourself, you know, too, and a cup of tea and like a warm blanket and some soft music and light a candle, you know, like that's just it's so nourishing for us. Oh yeah. That's what I always laughed because I, I love spending time with my friends, but I would always laugh when people want to do something on a Friday night and I'm thinking that you had the whole week. So now like Friday night, like this is the time I'm going to, you know, know, read my book and, know. you know, get Me some too. lavender and oh, yes, yeah. have a bath, have an Epsom salt bath and yes. watch a, watch a movie exactly. or, you know, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, and the Epsom salt. Yes. And, and then Saturday I'm energized. I'm ready to see everyone. Let's go. But yes. Yeah. You've got to clear your week, clear your week off of you. Yeah, absolutely. So I love that intention that you're setting through that visualization and yeah, because it allows you to really, I think, reflect too on what you're picking up because sometimes I am feeling something and I'm thinking, why am I feeling this so strongly? And then I realize it really is someone else's emotion I picked up. Yes, me too. Me too. And it can it can be kind of take some getting used to because you feel a little bit funky. It's like, is this mine? And then that's where that question comes in. That's so beautiful. Is, is this mine or is this someone else's? And the more you practice that and get used to what's your stuff, you're able to discern and understand what's someone else's. And then, yeah, clear the field. Just keep clearing it and keep practicing. And it gets easier and easier, I think, as we do that. Definitely. Because I do think that empath side, we're so, even when we do recognize it as someone else's, we take so much responsibility upon ourselves. Of course, yes. Yeah, I think at least to separate it a little bit and at least not to be taking it with us into, you know, into our sleep. or Exactly. Yep, exactly. Yeah, you don't want to be doing that work like while you're sleeping. Like we might be doing all this energetic work that we're not aware of, you know, as highly sensitive beings on this planet. So yeah, it's like sleep time is for your time to replenish and rest and time for you. Definitely. And something you touched on there too, when when we were first talking about this type of work, instilling a, a sense of safety in ourselves. I think that that can be really challenging too. And we have the lack of safety that others are feeling as well that we're starting to absorb. Do you have any other tips in general for um, instilling that greater sense of safety within ourselves? 
I do. And it, it kind of touches on some of what we've already talked about, but just to sort of reinstill that, I would again say establishing like a really gentle, easy kind of morning and evening routine and rituals, along with really doing your best to slow down, like just slowing down through our days and just taking a moment to take a deep breath and exhale out of the mouth to really give ourselves that opportunity to, I feel like our breath really brings that opportunity to connect with our body and brings us more into the present. And so another thing we can do is sort of orient ourselves or anchor ourselves to our environment. So wherever we are, like whether we're sitting in our room or we're outside somewhere at the beach or in the office, it's really taking a moment to notice kind of the objects in your space or notice the trees and the clouds and the rocks and the animals and, 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 notice that your feet, you know, are on the earth or your body is sitting on a seat beneath you. And it just helps us remember that we are existing in the physical world. And it brings kind of a sense of feeling more grounded and connected to what's present in the moment. And I do believe that that really brings a greater sense of safety forth. I love that. It's so funny you mentioned that too, just that groundedness because, well, when I stay at my parents' house and, you know, I'm not in an apartment where it's not super clean all the time. Not, not everyone picks up after their dogs around here, but at my parents' house where I can sit barefoot in, in the backyard and really ground, it really does anchor me in a way that- Doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And it's something too. I, I did an energy healing. I, I took a very special um, experience at a, I was at a conference and I had an extra day at the spa. So I ended up doing their energy healing, their energy balancing. And they were saying there was a lot of imbalance with the root chakra. And she asked, you know, do I feel like I'm kind of floating around a little bit? And that's exactly how I've been feeling. And so it's Mm -hmm. so interesting to hear that because I do feel like, you know, at times where you're really stressed out and kind of going in every single direction. Yeah. Finding that way to anchor and root a little bit. Yes. And with that, you know, as you said, being at your parents, you know, and just having your feet on the ground, like the actual earthing, you know, there's so much research and there's actually real science behind this, backing this up that we're seeing now, but truly like having our feet planted on the earth as much as possible is so incredibly grounding and regulating and helps us feel a bit more safe and just connected, you know, to something greater than ourselves. Yeah. So, so important. And I think too, you know, kind of getting, getting back into our bodies a little bit more and becoming more present because, you know, they say that when we're depressed, we're kind of, we're kind of rooted in the past a little bit. And then when we're anxious, we're a little too rooted in the, or maybe not rooted, but we're, Yep. You're focused on the future. And when you are truly taking that time to be present, to be in the moment, it's a lot harder to to experience those, even, even just to experience those emotions and to experience, I think, the physical manifestations of that. Absolutely. Yep, absolutely. And that's the thing is most of us, we're living either in the past or the future. We're living in the past or the yeah. future or a mixture of both. And we're not actually in the present. So it, it's really like kind of my biggest epiphany lately is just how do we come more into the present time and time again like what can we do to keep bringing ourselves into the present to find that safety to then be able to heal some of the stuff that's in the past and be able to set ourselves up with enough resourcing to handle whatever comes in the future absolutely now do you have any tips i think like so much of what we talked about is so so helpful for building up that tolerance and then also really really good daily practices to to really sustain ourselves what tips do you have if i am like in the moment i'm not feeling that sense of safety in my body are there things we can do you know i think so much of what we talked about is really really preventive and really good but if you're just having that panicked Um, you know, I'm in the office and I'm in that space. What can we do? Yes. So again, I mean, it's, it kind of blends into everything we've spoken about, but when you're really in that moment of really, you know, something's happened or you feel like there's, you're triggered or like you feel anxious, you feel panicked, whatever it is, is it's truly, again, finding your sense of anchoring yourself, orienting yourself to your physical space. So like, looking at all the objects in that moment and saying, okay, this is where I am right now. Am I currently under threat, 
right? So you get your kind of mind online. And then your mind can understand, okay, I'm not actually experiencing a true threat right now. I am actually safe. Then it's really kind of tapping in again to that grounding and noticing your feet on the earth and wherever you're sitting, you know, standing or sitting, noticing whatever is underneath you. And then taking a few moments, and this is where I actually love to incorporate essential oils as well. And maybe having like, I often like to get my clients and and for myself, you know, when I was really going through debilitating anxiety and panic attacks, have like a little care package, like a little care bag that we keep in our, in our handbag and has things like essential oils, like a crystal that you might love, like a little note to yourself saying, you know, with the mantra saying, I am safe. Even having certain apps on your phone, like Insight Timer and the Calm app and even Spotify, you know, there's all kinds of meditation music now. But there's some beautiful meditations in there if you can pop your headphones on and just begin to focus on your breathing, breathe in those oils, orient yourself to your space. And if you can get outside, I highly, you know, encourage it if it's possible to really get outside and just feel your feet on that earth and notice the life around you, the other humans around you and the birds and the trees and the sun and just do your best to come into that present moment utilizing the breath. The breath is always the access point in and it's always what eventually gets us out of that state. I love that. And I really, I love that care package too. I definitely going to put one together for myself just to have, Yes, I think like to have one in your car, to have one in the office, something to. Yes. Have them everywhere. Have them yeah. like, no, that way, you know, that that yeah. little thing, you know, that little anchoring, beautiful care package or, or a little bag, you know, whatever it is, is, is there for you. Yeah. I'll never forget. I was having kind of an imbalance about a year ago. Um, I go to an Ayurvedic practitioner and I was having a little bit of that pitta imbalance where I was very go, go, go and kind of fiery, which is not my, it's not my norm. Oh, the go, go, go is, but maybe not as much at the fiery. And I'd gotten out of a meeting and I was just so not in the mood. And my practitioner had said that beautiful things and rose oil, having some of that. And I was like furiously spraying my rose oil at my desk. Oh, yes. Yes. I felt so much better once I finally took a moment to breathe it in. But yeah, that's a beautiful suggestion too. Rose is such a, the, a high vibration as well. And it's so clearing. So rose oil is brilliant. And I actually... I use rose water quite often to clear my space and clear myself. So yeah, having that in the car at the office or just having that kind of like a, getting a sense of smell and all those sorts of things to kind of stimulate some of our other senses can be so helpful to bring us into the present moment and help us feel better. Definitely brings us back into our bodies. Yes. Now something else you do that I think is really cool. And I haven't really talked to anybody about this before, but you incorporate dance and movement into your practice too. Um, Can you talk about how dance can be beneficial for us and how that might play into your work with your clients? Yes, absolutely. Um, So dance and movement, I mean, it was a huge part of my healing journey and really dropped into me kind of intuitively. You know, I didn't, I didn't go take a class or anything. It was just like, there was a moment where I was in this like, horrific state, you know, having an anxiety attack. And I was just on the floor sort of crying and shaking. And I was like, something dropped into me. And I think it was my intuition or something. It was like, get up and put on some music and move your body. And I did that. And the moment I did that, I finally felt some relief. And I finally started to cry. And I finally started to feel like, you know, the energy, whatever was going on was starting to move out of my body. And so that's obviously become a huge part of my practice and a huge part of my journey. And, you know, it really is dancing and moving. It's like, it's really getting us into the felt experience of the body, right? Of like having a body that moves. And I really feel that it helps us begin to also redevelop a connection with our body, right? Because we're intuitively and intentionally and organically starting to move however feels good for us in the moment. And with that, our bodies really hold memories, right? And they hold emotions. So when we allow our body to move, I truly believe it sort of knows the moves it needs to to make to potentially unlock and clear emotions out of our body. So I, I truly find it has this ability to bring 
our emotions to the surface and allow them to be felt in a very safe and gentle way. And so it's something I just, I encourage all of my clients to do. And it's something that I really offer, you know, and keep continuing to offer to my community. I think that's so cool because we do hear about, you know, maybe fitness being a really good way, like, you know, just working out or move, moving in general, but with, with dance. And, and I think, because I think it taps into the same thing that you're moving your body, but with dance too, I think there's like that level of joy. Yes. And sometimes even being a little silly and. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I'll find myself laughing when I'm dancing sometimes and it just, it puts me in a different state. Yeah. It, it does. And you never know what's going to come out. And sometimes that's the thing. It's like sometimes we just need to like drop some of our kind of the guard, you know, our barriers that we have up and just let ourselves kind of play a little bit and like be a bit silly. And it does. I truly find it brings an opportunity for joy to be felt as well. I think that is so cool. And I, I just think if you ever watched Scandal too, when they would dance it out or like, you know, oh, any yes. of the shows when they would like, when they would oh, be yeah. dancing it out or um, I think or Grey's Anatomy. Grey's Anatomy. Anatomy. Yeah, yes. Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. I'm getting all my Shonda rhymes. <laughs> yep. Yep. Get it out. Yeah. Just shake it. Like it just gives us the opportunity to kind of shake it out sometimes when, especially when we don't know, like when we do feel like we're just so in our mind and we feel funky that's the time. It's like, just get in your body and just shake it out. Like just start moving your body and see what, see what happens. Absolutely. And you think about, and I know this is going viral on TikTok right now too, but the hip openers that it releases so many years of trauma that people have experienced and the people crying in yoga and all of that. And it's just so powerful and something we don't really expect, but you're so right. I mean, our bodies do hold, they keep the score as, as the book says, you know, yeah. Yep. Bessel van der Kolk. Yes. The body keeps the score. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that is so interesting. And I, I love how you're able to kind of tap into, you know, that mind body connection here. And I'd love to know too, that something else that you've talked about, but in inner child work too. And that's something we haven't really talked about on the podcast in a little while, but is that something that you incorporate into your client's healing journey? And what are some of the small steps we can take in that? Mm, absolutely. So this is such a big one for me. And I just find it to be such a, a really potent and profound experience when we do start to engage with inner child work. It actually makes me quite emotional. I can just feel, you know, as you bring up the inner child, it just makes me it brings her forth, you know, for me. And I think it's different. It can be different for everyone. And there's so many fascinating, amazing ways to work, inner child work and how it's expressed. But I feel like it's essentially bringing forth all of the parts of ourselves in our lives that have been hurt or traumatized or stuck or lost along the way. And I feel like it just really helps us to integrate these life experiences and nurture ourselves and learn how to meet our own needs, right? And reparent ourselves and give ourselves the things that we may have needed when we were younger, but didn't get, you know, and it's not the caregiver's fault. You know, we all are humans and go through our own stressors and each child, especially, you know, highly sensitive children, I think have even just a baseline of a, of a more sensitive nervous system. So I think things also affect us to a greater degree. So it's really essentially just bringing that kind of, I would say, love and compassion to ourselves and to all parts of ourselves and all ages. And a great way to start with that is to actually find some photos of yourself as a baby or toddler or young child and start to put those photos up and start to spend some time connecting with your inner child through those photos. So you kind of have a visual and you can really see them, even placing those photos in a special place, like in your sacred space or in your journal, so you are able to see them regularly. And then on top of that, we can actually start to talk to our inner children and we can start to ask them questions. We can do this in our mind or out loud. We can actually tell them who we are now and how old we are now and where we live and what our life is like, because they don't know that our future self exists, right? These different parts don't actually know that we've grown up into the adult that we are. So it's really opening basically a connection and building a relationship with them and letting them know that you're here now as a safe adult to hold and protect them for the rest of your life. And something else I really... I do and I invite my clients to do is invite them to share how they feel 
or what they need. So sometimes you can ask a question to that part of yourself, whatever age you might be, bring that age forth and just allow, then allow yourself to journal kind of in a stream of consciousness and let them say whatever they like to say and let them feel whatever they're feeling and ask them what they might need to feel better and what you can do for them. And honestly, sometimes it's like giving them, they might want a teddy bear or a pair of yellow rain boots. And it's like, you actually, I actually visualize and give my inner child those things and put them on her and, and, and hold her. Um, and sometimes I even go and buy like real children's books. I do actually encourage my clients to do this. So going and buying children's books that you loved when you were little or like a teddy bear or something that you feel that kind of just sparks that that joy in you that you had as a child and I promise I'm not crazy I know this might sound a little bit a little a little bit wild but it really nourishes those parts of ourselves I find so I would say that's that's a good place to begin oh I still my the teddy bear I had as a child that's at my parents house I still you know I think of that and it's you know it's still there and that still brings me comfort as a um yes 32 and there's I love this Um, I love this yep Yeah. Yeah. And and doing the things that we loved as kids and like a silly example of this, when when you mentioned the children's books, I'm kind of laughing. I think about the inner teen, which I hadn't thought of before, but it's something that that started to come up a lot more. And I think, you know, Mm. I think that middle and high school are really difficult years for a lot of us. Yes, I was Mm -hmm. rereading all of the gossip girl books. Oh my gosh. That I read in high school. Yeah. Yep. There was some sense of like, and I think there's also something to do with like when we have anxiety rereading like old comforts, it's, you know, we know what's going to happen, but it brings us. Yeah. Same with movies. You know, there's like, you might want to watch a movie. I watch movies. I'm like that that way with movies. I watch them over and over and over. And it's so funny that you say that, like you started reading Gossip Girl. I started recently watching movies that I used to watch when I was like 12 to 14. And it's like my, my, it was just like my teenager was definitely online, you know, and I was going through some stuff Mm -hmm. and like doing inner child work with her. So I just love you sharing that. Yeah, it's it's so funny how much that it really does help us. I mean, even when I'm sick and I I can't do this anymore because I don't have a VCR in my bedroom like I did, but I actually yeah. had a TV with a VCR for a very long time and <laughs> I would if I was sick, I would watch Beauty and the Beast because that was my favorite oh, movie as a kid. Yes. The solution is to just get it on DVD, but... <laughs> yes, it is. I know. I'm like, how I don't remember the last time someone said VHS. I love that. I love it. I'm so that way too. Like, I'd love, I'd love to have VHS tapes back, <laughs> have a VCR. Yeah, you know, and I think it's so funny because they talk about the nostalgia that we kind of... There's so many remakes and things that have been coming up since... I really think since the pandemic, but really since a little earlier than that, but especially with the pandemic, I think all these rewatch podcasts that come on and all of the remakes of shows, the reunions, even just some of the shows where now the, like the period that they're, that they're going back to is like the nineties. And there's something so weirdly comforting. It is right. It's like the remakes of Lion King and like all, all of that. It's, it's bizarre, but it is. It's so comforting. I feel like they're targeting our generation. It's like the 30, I think so. you know, the millennials. It's like, they're. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why. It's just, it's fascinating, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. And like the, the, the kids can enjoy it too, but I mean. They can. I, yeah. I, but we enjoy yeah. it just as much or maybe more. Yeah. <laughs> more. Yeah. 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 Our long lost childhood. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably why the 2000s fashions are coming back, which I'm not a huge fan of some (laughs) of that. It's so coming back. It's so funny to see. I'm like, wow, I didn't think that was going to come back. Yeah, I I could do without the low rise. I loved it then. (laughs) I'm not a fan now. Me too, me too. (laughs) Yeah, but I do think there is, um, even, you know, I got my library card recently. So I have been kind of a combination of things I've been wanting to read, but that like I hadn't read before, but I have gone back to a few books I hadn't read in years because it took me back to a time and you're tapping into a different part of yourself and maybe just letting that part of yourself know that you're okay. Exactly. That's exactly it. That you're okay and that you're here. Yeah. 
I love that. I, I feel like we, we've gotten into so many amazing topics today. And I'm definitely going to have more questions for you about what you provide for your clients. Before we do that, I do have a few rapid fire questions that I ask all of our guests at the end of the episode to get to know you a little bit better. Yes, yes, please go for it. I, I hope I can answer with just one answer because I often always have like two things, but oh, yeah. you fire, fire away. You got this. <laughs> yes, I got it. <laughs> All right. My first question for you, what is your top wellness tip? It's a hard one. Gosh, I'm going to have to go with drinking water, like drinking a, a sufficient amount of water each day. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have advice for kind of making that happen? Because I'm always dehydrated. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I think first things in the morning, like it's so, so important to actually have a full glass of water right when you wake up or have some warm lemon water and it kind of sets you up for the day to start hydrating yourself. So I think that that really helps. And then also with that, having going and getting like a, a beautiful water bottle that you really like, like a color or a pretty one or something and something that you feel like you really want to drink out of and just filling that up and bringing that with you throughout your day. Love it. Very helpful. Drink your water. Yeah. <laughs> Now, this may also be a tough one because I know you are well-traveled. Where is your favorite travel destination? Oh, it's such a tough one. I'm going to have to actually say, like, and it's so funny because I live here, but I'm going to say Australia, and I would probably go with Byron Bay in Australia. Ooh. It's beautiful there. Oh, I, I, so what is that like? It's like beachy vibes, art vibes, creative, like there's culture, good food, but like a lot of nature and kind of a slower pace and down to earth vibe and pretty, you know, progressive and kind of bohemian. Oh, I love that. Okay. That's, that's on my bucket list. <laughs> yes. Yes. Put it on there. That's awesome. <laughs> now, if you were an animal, what animal would you be and why? Oh, I would be, I think I would be a horse Ooh. because I feel that horses just have such a, such a beautiful depth mm -hmm. and incredible emotional intelligence. And I love that they are pack animals, you know, and so they really depend on and kind of care for each other and look out for each other in the same way that I think humans do. And so, yeah, I would say a horse, definitely. That's beautiful. We had someone on the show a few months ago talking about equine therapy, and it was so cool to learn like just how the horses can really be a mirror for us. And I, I just think that it, it kind of is something that as highly sensitive people, we kind of can be sometimes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I think, I think horses are so healing for us who are highly sensitive, exactly as you're saying, you know, being a mirror for us and they really pick up on so much and they just such have such a powerful grounding, like solid presence, don't they? Yeah. Like they're very powerful, yeah. but at the same time, like there's like a grace to them as well. There is. There really is. Yeah, there really is. I love that. Now, if you could master a completely new skill, what would that be? I would say singing and or the piano. Ooh. Playing the piano. Yes. Yeah. I wish I could mm -hmm. sing. I can't play the piano much better. Me too. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. I've I think that was my childhood dream is like to be a singer and you know, yeah. I always was trying, but it's just not in the cards for me. It's just not. So I can, I can just stick with dancing and I can maybe learn the piano, but I'll sing for myself in the shower. Right. Same. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's awesome. Though. And then you have the appreciation for it for the people that are, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I so do. Yeah. I just think it's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my last question for you, as far as our rapid fire questions go, what is next on your bucket list? Ooh, honestly, right now, next is visiting my family in Hawaii. You know, Ooh. I am well-traveled and there's so many places I'd love to go, but everything, you know, with the pan pandemic and travel, I would say getting back to Hawaii for a visit is definitely next on my bucket list. Absolutely. That, oh, that would be amazing. Just, there's some, I mean, there's something so grounding in being with family, of course, when you have that relationship with your family. I know some don't, but being able to do that and then in such a beautiful place too, to be able to do that, that has to be incredible. I'm so fortunate. Yeah. To have been raised there. Yeah. It's a very special place to be able to call home. Yeah. 
Well, that is absolutely lovely. And it's been so great chatting with you. I've, I've just loved our conversation today. I've taken so many great takeaways today and I'm definitely going to be doing the, the space clearing, just the energetically doing all of that. Cause you know, I didn't even realize how much we'd get into the highly sensitive piece, but that is something that I think affects so many of us. I know it does. It's a big piece. It's a, it's a, and it's a really good one to talk more about so that we feel less alone. Absolutely. As we're tapping into everybody else's and helping them to feel less alone. Yes, exactly. Yes. Exactly. Oh, that's lovely. Well, Miska, thank you so much for coming on the show, for sharing your wisdom with us. Before I let you go, can you tell our listeners just where they can find you, what all that you offer and how they can connect? Absolutely. So the listeners can find me and connect where I'm most active, which is my Instagram. So my handle is at the wisdom of my body. And then my website is www.amiscarose.com. Um, and that's spelled E-M-I-S-C-A-H-R-O-S-E. And I offer, I actually have a really fun offer and I run free somatic dance and movement classes the first Monday of every month at 10 a.m. and 5 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. So people can, if you hop on my Instagram, you can find all the details for that. And I run that every month and that's free. And then I also work one-on-one -on -one with clients. So I do a one-on-one -on -one nine week program where we have weekly sessions and boxer support and a guidebook that I also lead them through. And those would be my offers at this point. That's amazing. And I'm definitely going to have to join for one of those dance and movement classes. That sounds so fun. Oh, please do. Oh my gosh. I would love to have you join. That would be so much fun. Yes. I'll, I'll put it in um, one of those time zone calculators. I think that would be so amazing. And yes, do that. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm going to link all of that in the show notes for our listeners as well so that they can connect with you along with some of the other resources that you recommended as well. But Amiska, again, thank you so much for coming on the show and for sharing with us today. Thank you so much, Valerie. It was such a pleasure. And I'm just so grateful to you for providing this opportunity for me to come on your podcast. And I just, we really, I think just, I don't know, met each other as kindred spirits. And it's just such a pleasure. So thank you so much. I so enjoyed my conversation with Amiska, and I love her ideas for energetic space clearing. This is something that I've been toying with for a while, but I'm someone who really feels the energy of a room, and sometimes I take that energy with me long after I've gotten home for the day. So I'm really excited to incorporate some of these practices into my own life. So many of us are highly sensitive people without even realizing it. So hopefully if you're listening to this episode today, maybe our conversation has made you feel a little less alone and has given you some tools to put in your toolkit to start thinking about how you can start clearing your own space at the end of the day. Amiska really does some incredible work and I've linked all of her information in the show notes. So be sure to connect with her, tag her. If you enjoyed this episode, let us both know what you think. And as always, I want to thank each and every one of you for tuning in and sharing this part of your day with me, whether you are brand new to the show or a longtime listener. If you have a topic you'd like us to explore in a future episode, feel free to reach out to me. I am on Instagram at wellness and wanderlust blog. I'm also available by email at Valerie, V-A-L-E-R-I-E at wellnessandwanderlust.net. Please be sure to lend your support to the show by leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts if you haven't already. It makes such a difference for podcasters everywhere when you leave them a review and it only takes a few minutes out of your day. So if you're thinking about doing it, go ahead, leave that review and let me know what you think of the show. I hope you all have a wonderful day and when I see you next time, we will be chatting with a party scientist. So can't wait to talk to you then. Take care.